to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. They do spoil us out here at the Mercado. Just tried some salted caramel bomboloni. I just learned that word, so to, you know maybe you can go Google it with me. Delicious, and I, I described it as an Italian donut. They serve out here. Uh, plenty to come and get out here at the Mercado. Um, mainly, they're great choices of meat, uh, like porterhouse, T-bone, boneless New York strip, filet mignon, tomahawk, cowboy ribeyes, and more. For today, we're out here until 6, so come on by. Buy one, get one free on gelatos and sorbettos. Again, we're here at the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese at 84th and O. This is On the Block on 93.7 the ticket and uh, of course it is the second day of the draft um, so uh, plenty to look at, uh, at in round two and three as we move on here but also um, some interesting notes I wanted to, to bring up before we get into hitting the hardwood with our, uh, our NBA segment. Uh, first of all a couple notes from the Huskerland I suppose. Uh, freshman wide receiver Latrell Neville has entered the transfer portal um, Perhaps just kind of getting lost on on the depth chart. Uh, if you remember, Mickey Joseph a few weeks ago uh, named that group of wide receivers. Latrell Neville kind of fell into that group of uh, saying that you're no longer going to be able to sit on scholarship uh, here at Nebraska. When he was talking about his wide receiver position, um, because that had happened with a few guys, um, and that uh, you're going to have to earn your spot or have to move along. Um, I don't know if that is the case for Latrell Neville. I don't know if he's forced out. I don't know if he made the decision to enter the transfer portal. Um, was a three-star coming in, but did have a lot of offers, some really good offers coming out of high school. So obviously, wish nothing but the best to Latrell Neffel as he enters the transfer portal, um, but just a short stint here with Nebraska as he moves on. Other note from um, things going on in Nebraska, they're in the top of the ninth there in uh, Nebraska and Iowa. They actually moved this game up because of some impending weather tonight, um, but Nebraska entering the weekend series with Iowa uh, at 5-7 and seven in the league, which is at 8th, which you need to be in the top 8 to make it to Omaha to play in the Big Ten tournament. Um, might take another loss. We'll see. It's getting close. And the top of the ninth, Iowa leads one to nothing over Nebraska, who has had this scoring explosion, 41 runs in the last three games uh, against uh, the likes of Indiana K-State in Omaha. But uh, the Hawkeyes coming in and looking like they might just shut out Nebraska in this opening ser- uh, game of the series. Hopefully not. Um, There's just uh, two more series here at Haymarket, Haymarket Park for Nebraska. So if you want to get to a game, uh, make sure to do that this weekend. Uh, and uh, I think they have another home series to end it out here in a couple weeks as well. But uh, obviously wish the best uh, for Husker baseball. Uh, looks like they might not get the win, but you never know. In baseball, a one run, I know they're down to just a few more outs here, but it could happen. They, I think they're down to their final at us. I, I mean, the good thing is that there's there's not a lot. They've, they've been having trouble in the field sometimes, you know, some errors, some, some bad plays, but they just haven't had had the bats going today. I mean, only two yeah. hits today has is, is just been really tough. Iowa strung together enough to get a win. I mean, get a basic lead that has them ahead with seven hits. And they just haven't been able to put runs on the board. And 
two hits is not really unless you're going yard. That ain't really getting it done for yeah. you. You got to be able to string them together a little bit. Well, it's kind of funny. It just seems always to be one thing or the other for Nebraska, right? Where the bats he kind of figured it'd come alive, and so the pitching staff actually mm-hmm. great gem of a, of a game pitch today. But uh, yeah. obviously, you know, you're going to win most games you when help. you only allow one run. But uh, we'll see. They still have the bottom half of the inning. I think actually uh, it's just the top of the ninth. So uh, I, Nebraska being the home team, they'll still have three outs to go, and hopefully uh, we'll limit Iowa there. Either way, hopefully they can take that series and get things headed in the right direction for Nebraska as they are uh, uh, 17 and 23, I believe, on the year. Iowa, for what it's worth, not a bad uh, baseball team, 24 and 13 on the year, 8 and 4 in the Big Ten. Uh, So that covers our Husker news and notes. Let's get to hitting the hardwood now um, as uh, we look at some of the action going on in the NBA. We'll touch on the Minnesota series. uh, which is uh, Minnesota-Memphis coming to Game 6 tonight, and it is in the Twin Cities, so we'll touch on that here in a bit. But first, let's get to the action from last night. Three Game 6s, none of them leading to Game 7s. The favorites are moving on. The 76ers destroy the Raptors 132-97. to uh, Not too much to say about that game. Not too much to say about yeah. that game. Just yeah. total domination. Finally had a James Harden the beard sighting that, <laughs> that showed up and had a double-double. Um, that's what they were expecting. Tyrese Maxey goes nuts in the third. So if they have that kind of flow in the, in the way that they're playing, then they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough. But if, if they have the inconsistency there, you, you know, you lose one or two games that you shouldn't, then you have a couple of close wins. That's that's how you lose a series. So they got to have consistency and they haven't done it yet. And, and we'll see too. That was an interesting game. James Harden with 15 assists. Yeah. Uh, I think that's uh, more what they need out of him um, than when he's uh, kind of focused more primarily on scoring uh, just 22 points from him. How about the absolute gem from CP3 last night? 14 of 14 from the field. Um, all, one of the best all-time mid-range shooters. One of the best all-time point guards. 14 of 14 from the field. 33 points as the Suns in the seasons for the Pelicans. 115 to 109. The Pelicans put up a good fight. It was just it just became CP3 taking over Booker, who was uh, like we said yesterday, somewhat of a decoy out there. Not is not at full strength, um, but did hit a big shot late uh, with just 13 points for him. But they, all they needed was CP3 to have a, his perfect game, and he did. Uh, Brandon Ingram leading the way for the Pelicans with 21 points. Um, 16 apiece from CJ McCollum, um, and and that will but that will end the season for the Pelicans, um, and uh, it kind of leads to the next question for the Pelicans: Is should they extend Zion, who's only played 85 games in three years of his career so far? It'd be a big extension, he said. He'd absolutely take it. He's interested in staying with the Pelicans, but they, I, I don't know. I, I mean, he, his numbers when he's on the court are phenomenal. Um, so you would, and so I think you kind of you almost have to extend him, but uh, I don't know. It's one of those situations. It's kind of like Ben Simmons this year, where it's like, man, I, it does, is he doing all he can to get back on the court? There's where the risk comes. The risk is is usually a problem for small market teams, right? Because I've seen small market teams reach trying to turn somebody into that type of player where they're, they have a large bag, i.e. your O.J. Mayos, they end up overpaying. Your yeah. Wesley Matthews, like Dallas is very good at doing that yeah. part. <laughs> they overpay hoping that these guys can turn into something. Ja, I mean, not Ja, but um, Zion Williamson is a tremendous talent. The risk is 
does he really want to play basketball? Is his heart really into it? Is his mind really into it? If he stays here, will he be into it? And that's where the risk and the scare is. But the leverage is on his side because it's a small market organization. It's a small market team. That's where the problem comes. So you have to extend him if you want to keep him around. You can leverage him because there will be probably big market teams, a New York or Brooklyn or somebody that will be willing to trade where then at that point you look to acquire assets to add to your organization. So that's where I think they may want to want to look. They have to extend him. He is a, a piece and not a pawn. So he's he's yeah. one of those top tier pieces. He's like a queen or I don't think he's the king. I'm going to say he's yeah. the queen right now. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the bishop or the yeah. rook. But he ain't he ain't, you know, he's not a pawn. So he's got something that you can get back and acquire some pieces. So I think you've got to you've actually got to do it. And of course, they made the move for CJ McCollum at the trade deadline. You have Brandon Ingram, so they do have some other pieces there yeah. um, that can build around. He's eligible to sign a five-year, hundred eighty-one million dollar max rookie extension Ooh. this summer. Uh, if you have to believe, if they don't sign him to it, I don't think you'll see him in a Pelicans uniform again. Mm-hmm. Uh, though just the way things have been going. But he's still young, just twenty-one years old. He does have that that deal. I mean, you have to talk about with big men because he's got the weight for it is uh, are the injuries that we've seen um are they just going to to derail his career you know is it going to be the fact that he's young maybe doesn't matter maybe his his knees are uh, just kind of the weight that he plays on too much but, but his weight i think i yeah. think he carries too much weight and yeah. i mean even barkley when he was playing he does a lot of the same stuff that zion does maybe not in the same athletic manner uh, athleticism manner that he does it but Barkley even lost some some weight. He he had some on him, but he didn't carry, I don't think, as much as what Zion. Barkley, I don't think, was ever up at 280-ish or yeah. more. Barkley was in the maybe 260 range. It's 20 pounds lighter. That's a whole different, you know, range. So yeah. that's where I think the problem could be long-term because the 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 pace of the game, the style of the game – the way that it's played and the way he plays it, it's a lot of stress on that body, man. Yeah, and and so maybe that could be another thing if you want to elongate your career is change the way you play too, which wouldn't necessarily fit his strengths. But you could always he could always do the thing where you do that most of the season, and when playoffs come on, you you wear your body a little bit more. Um, we'll see if he makes that adjustment or what he does. But he does average for his career, by the way, around twenty six. Point seven rebounds on 60% shooting. So, I mean, he is a beast when he does get on the court. The problem has been him getting on the court. The final game I wanted to bring up last night, uh, very intriguing. Game six, ending it uh, for the Utah Jazz as, uh, as they fall in the series, like I said, in six games um, and to Dallas. And for Dallas, it was a, a, a notable because uh, you would think Doncic would start getting frustrating if he'd been to three game sevens his first few years and not won a playoff series. So good uh, sigh of relief for the Mavericks, who have actually not won a playoff series since they won the title back with Dirk and Jason Kidd and those guys, Jason Terry, all the way back in 2011. So they kind of got that off their back, getting the win there. Um, but uh, all the focus um, seems to be turning o- over to the Jazz, who uh, rumors were that if they didn't make a deep playoff run, they might blow it up there if you're the Jazz. Uh, I'll tell you this, if you're blowing it up, 
try to keep Donovan Mitchell around because that guy is fantastic in the playoffs. And I don't know, I don't know what blowing it up means. I think Quinn Snyder is one of the best coaches in the league. Jordan Clarkson, one of the best six men, won six men of the year last year. Um, there's been rumored tension between Mitchell and Gobert, so maybe the idea is to move uh, the stifle tower there. Um, but I like some of the players they have. You know, Bogdanovich missed the, the wide open three, which would have moved into a game seven, and he's a sharp shooter. Great drawn up play um, by Quinn Snyder, but, you know, sometimes it's a, it's a make or miss league. He ultimately missed it. What do you think about the Jazz, a small market team, blowing up, uh, blowing up a unit that's been very steady and been an obstacle for, you know, the Nuggets or the Clippers or whoever they play in the playoffs the last couple of years just haven't crossed the line? Well, they have they have a couple of pieces to do it with. I think, I think more so you're going to have a better opportunity with a sign and trade opportunity with uh, Donovan Mitchell than you would with Gobert. Right. I think I think Gobert is pretty much stuck there, and he has a hard large contract. It shrinks the areas and the the places to where he can go because he's not a stretch guy. He's right. a, in the paint. He's a defensive guy. Maybe someone that would be looking for that that kind of play, but you're not getting too much of off of him on the offensive side of things. Um, very limited there. Rebounds you're good on, but Donovan Mitchell is a piece that you definitely could do a sign and trade and acquire. That's the way the Jazz has got to do it. They've got to do it in the draft, and they've got to do it by by means of sign and trade because it's not a destination for where people want to want to go. Yeah. No. No. No slight to Utah, but it's just. It's not one of those destination places. So they're going to have to figure out how to use Mitchell, get him to be in a good place and work with a good work with him because I've got a feeling that he doesn't want to be there anymore. Yeah. It does seem like that. They asked him in the post game if that's a team that he believes could win a championship. And, you know, you're, what you're supposed to say is, yeah, I think we, you know, stick together and, you know, or whatever you want to say. Yeah, I think we have the talent. We just coming up short. Um, but he basically said he was he didn't know, he, you know, because they had come up short the last couple of years. Do well in the season. Yeah. Just when it gets playoff Very time. Very formidable in the playoffs. And these games, their series are going, they're extending these series out into game six and, and game seven. This is two years in a row where they've had a double-digit lead blown in game six that hasn't led them to, to game seven. But There's frustration by yeah. by Mitchell in that, too, that, Absolutely. that they're continuously doing that. Uh, maybe they should transfer some of that frustration over to Minnesota because they've been doing it regularly. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, that's been a problem big time for them right now. Minnesota's probably had a successful season one way or the other just by making the playoffs and then making this series interesting here with Memphis. I uh, have a chance for game seven uh, to be to be uh, to, or, excuse me, game six tonight so they can extend to game seven. They're going to need to beat Memphis, but they've had Memphis beat. Um, they mm-hmm. probably should have the lead tonight. They should they have probably, the series one. Yeah, they should either have the series Actually. one or at least have the chance to win the series tonight. But instead, they're playing for their playoff lives. Young team, I don't know how far that you know that excuse extends to Carl Anthony Towns. Definitely not D'Angelo Russell. I think they've got an absolute gem in Ann Edwards moving forward. I think that's the no foundation question. you're going to build on. Um, but uh, what do you see? You see them extending to game seven, winning on home court tonight? I think so. I think it goes through Cat. I think it goes through Carl Anthony Towns. I think, you know, you see in their wins, he's averaged almost 30 points a game or a little over 30 points a game in their wins where he shot about 16, 16 shots, uh, 16.7 shots or so in those wins. 
in the losses, he's averaged barely at 15, where he's only taken seven shots, where there's no aggression. He hasn't had aggression to, at the basket. It's going to go through him. Anthony Edwards is going to do what he's going to do. It's going to go through whether or not Cat's going to show up and do what he's supposed to do as the leader of that team. But uh, at the end of the day, also, they can't make Dumbo plays. They can't have the big ears flopping in the game when it comes to making solid plays. 20, you can't turn the ball over in these, in these, these types of plays and closeout games. You, they've got to have a solid game across the board, and if they don't do that, it's going to be bye-bye, good night. Yeah, interesting uh, little note here, too. The Grizzlies average almost 32 points in the fourth quarters here in this series, uh, which is almost nine points more than the T-Wolves. So if they have a lead, I uh, don't think that it might necessarily last there into it. Also interesting, Steven Adams will not play in game six tonight. So uh, that would be, that might help Minnesota a little bit. Uh, we'll have to take a quick break, wrap up on the block. Coming up next here, live from the Mercado on 93.7 The Ticket. <laughs> 